Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz with your host, Gail Dixon. Tune in every Saturday, 9 a.m. for great shows about obtaining and maintaining health, business, and finance. Learn from the experts here at PIHradio.net. And now, broadcasting from the Partners in Health and Biz studio, here's Gail. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a wonderful day. I am so very happy you could join me this morning. This is Saturday, December the 12th, 2020, and this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And today, 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 if you have been to the website, you know, or maybe you don't know, but let me tell you, Today's show, the title, the topic, The Ultimate Lifestyle for a Healthy Brain. Yes, yes, we can have a healthy brain. We do not have to get dementia and Alzheimer's disease just because we age. This is a fact. Alzheimer's disease, however, is the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. Of the 5 million people aged 65 and older with Alzheimer's in the United States, 1.8 million are men and 3.2 million are women. Among people aged 71 and older, 16% of women and 11% of men have Alzheimer's disease and or other dementias. So today we will discuss the unbreakable brain and the ultimate lifestyle to keep it healthy and avoid Alzheimer's disease. If you have questions or comments, I do welcome you to call into the studio. The number to Partners in Health and Biz is 347-945-7433. 347-945-7433. Press 1 if you have a question or comment, and you don't have to do anything if you just want to continue to listen to the show. So let me tell you a thing or two about this show. This show, today we are talking about these statistics that I just discussed. One in three people will die of dementia in the United States. Two-thirds of those people are women. So today it's considered normal for people's minds to get weaker, less sharp, and less able as we age. From forgetting where you put your keys, <laughs> you know, where did I put my keys? You're running around, where did I put this, where did I put that, to forgetting your children's names. These have become common experiences of aging. Even worse is the growing prevalence of Alzheimer's and other d- diseases of dementia. They cause millions of people to suffer as they lose their autonomy, freedom, and independence bit by bit. Now, you may be wondering what you can do to avoid becoming one of those individuals. Your question, is it possible to prevent dementia or reverse it? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. While the brain may still hold some mysteries, there's a lot we do know about getting and keeping it healthy and reversing the damage that might already be there. Your brain is the interface between your mind and spirit in this world. 
but it also has a physical organ that, like all organs, has nutritional needs and chemical stresses. So just like keeping a body physically fit requires exercise and nutritious food, a brain needs to be fed and exercised to stay strong or get stronger. So I invite you to to consider that we have discovered tools and mechanisms that can keep a brain healthy and sharp. And if you think this is impossible or, or a pipe dream, just hang in there and listen on because I have some news for you. So in a fall 2014 press release, Dr. Dale Bredenson said that existing Alzheimer's drugs affect a single target, but Alzheimer's disease is more complex. So imagine having a roof with 36 holes in it, and your drug patched one hole very well. The drug may have worked, and a single hole may have been fixed, but you still have 35 other leaks, and so the underlying process may not be affected much. What is his point? Well, his point was that Alzheimer's is a disease in which multiple factors, such as inflammation, poor blood sugar, poor nutrition, life stresses, etc., all come together to form a single terrible result. So unlike with existing therapies, which just address one of those factors, he wanted to see what would happen if he patched as many of those holes as he could. So what did he do? Breedenson designed a study that did exactly that. He put 10 people with varying degrees of cognitive decline on a multifaceted regimen. It started with managing their blood sugar, eating a low glycemic, low grain, low inflammatory diet. They took out processed foods and added in fresh vegetables, fruits, and healthy meats, as naturally raised or or organic as possible. He then had them incorporate stress reduction in the form of yoga or meditation. He made sure they got eight hours of sleep per night and that they exercised 30 to 60 minutes per day, four to six times per week. So do you think we can do that? Sure we can. Sure we can. Just imagine a 30-minute walk after dinner, a 30-minute exercise routine that you do in your home, walking around your home, up and down steps, four to six times per week, not seven days a week if you do it four to six times a week. What's next? Well, they took B vitamins and herbs like ginkgo, ashwagandha, and bo- and bacopa, bacopa, B-A-C-O-P-A. Ashwagandha is spelled A-S-H-W-A-G-A-N-D-A. And ginkgo, you've heard of ginkgo globa. Ginkgo is spelled G-I-N-K-G-O, G-I-N-K-O. And he made sure their vitamin D levels were optimal. They took supplements like zinc and copper, COQ10, coenzyme Q10. You can get all these from your health food store. From some of these um, vitamins, uh, you can get separately 
and some of them you can get together. If they had sleep and carnitine, C-A-R-N-I-T-I-N-E, carnitine, if they had sleep apnea, they were treated for it. They ate medium-chain triglyceride oil and more. All in all, they and their caretakers did a lot of stuff. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. One 67-year-old patient had been doing terribly at work. She would get lost driving and forget where her exits were. She forgot what she had read by the time she got to the bottom of a page. She mixed up the names of her pets and couldn't remember where the light switches were in the house that she had lived in for years. Her mother had died of dementia, and her doctor had told her she had the same condition. Though she was only able to take on some of the suggestions within three months, within three months she was able to navigate without problems, remember telephone numbers without difficulty, pair reports, and do all of her work without difficulty, read and retain information. And overall, she she became asymptomatic. What is that? Well, she didn't have any symptoms that showed that she had dementia any longer. She noted that her memory was now better than it had been in many years. On one occasion, she developed an acute viral illness, discontinued the program, and noticed a decline, which reversed when she restarted reinstated the program. Two and one-half years later, now age 70, she remains asymptomatic and continues to work full-time. So what did she do differently? She made those lifestyle changes, those lifestyle changes that we just mentioned, exercising 30 to 60 minutes per day, taking her B vitamins, herbs like ginkgo, ashwagandha, Bacopa and made her and made sure her vitamin D levels were optimal, took supplements like zinc and copper, COQ10 and cartitin, and uh, she got plenty of sleep and less stress. Also in the study, well, this lady that I was just talking about, she's now 70. She remains asymptomatic and continues to work full-time at the age of 70 when she made those lifestyle changes. Also in the study was a 55-year-old attorney who had suffered with severe memory issues. She had left the stove on multiple times, forgot meetings, and scheduled multiple meetings at the same time, took copious notes on her iPad so as to not forget things, but then forgot the password to her iPad. She was unable to do her job and was considering leaving. So what happened? Well, after five months on the program, she no longer needed her iPad to take notes and no longer forgot conversations. She went back to work, started to learn Spanish, and began a new legal specialty. Her children noted that she no longer became lost mid-sentence, no longer thought she had asked them to do something that she had not asked, and answered their questions with normal speed and memory. Overall, Dr. Breedenson's study had a 90% improvement rate, meaning that nine of the ten participants saw distinct 
sustainable and noticeable changes in their cognition. Only one of them who had advanced Alzheimer's disease did not improve. So if we catch this thing, if we start on ourselves, start working on ourselves from <laughs> actually from from birth, you know, but many times you your parents, your mother starts you out and she feeds you healthy and you when you're young, you're toddlers, you're running around getting plenty of exercise, you're laughing, you have no stress. <laughs> and the world is just beautiful, right? But as we age, teen years, sometimes I would say preteen, then we decide we are want we want to do what we want to do. We want to eat what we want to eat. We don't want to get enough sleep because we think we can hang out and we're young and we can still you know, that's okay. You know, you think that's going to be okay for years and years and years. You continue that type of lifestyle. And then sometimes there are those who are uh, participating in extracurricular drug activity, and that affects your brain. And you're doing all these different things um, that you should not be doing, thinking that it's it's okay, you're young. But then, like I said, one day it catches up with you, and you are like, what is going on? I can't remember this. I can't. I'm having a hard time. Um, you you blame it on age, but it's not age that has brought you to this point. It's the lifestyle. Okay, so that's nine people who had stopped recognizing their family and friends. Let's see, where were we? Um I digress. Okay, so we talked about the study had a 90% improvement rate, meaning that nine of the ten participants saw distinct, sustainable, and noticeable changes in their cognition. Only one of them who had advanced Alzheimer's disease did not improve. That's nine people who would have stopped recognizing their family and friends who would have had to stop doing what they loved, who would have gone on to spend years declining in a nursing home, all reversed because they took on their health in a massive way. If they couldn't do it and cause such huge improvement, or if they could do it, I should say, if they could do it and cause such huge improvement, you can too. So that's what this show is about. You just have to start. And you just have to start. So let's talk about this brain as we continue. But before we do, I'd like to give out the call in number one more time to Partners in Health and Biz. It is 347-945-7433. 3479457433. Press 1 if you have a question or a comment. We'd like to hear from you this morning. And if not, you can just continue to listen to the show. So, we're going to we're going to have a word from one of our sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let's be creative with Carrie. Caricatures by Carrie, available for weddings, parties, anniversaries, corporate events, and more. Children's book office superheroes, and cartoon illustrator, logo and graphic designer. Contact Carrie for your customized creations. Caricaturesbycarrie at gmail.com. Connect on Twitter and Instagram with hashtag caricaturecarrie and check him out. 
www.carriegjohnsondraws.com. And we are back. You are listening to Partners in Health and Biz on the PIH Radio Network, www.pihradio.net. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. So happy you tuned in with me this morning. And the topic of today's show, the ultimate lifestyle for a healthy brain. Yes, we can all continue to have a healthy brain. Okay, just think about this. My mother, yes, my mother is 92 years old. She's still sharp. She's still sharp. She'll be 93 in March, in a few months. She lives in a, uh, in a senior living facility. And she told me the other day that one of her friends in that facility, and I'm not kidding, I lied to you not, is 104 years young. <laughs> She's doing, her friend is doing what she wants to do. She's her brain is sharp, and she's the other day she said they two of her friends one ninety six and one 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 oh four said they were going to go to the grocery store to the giant and invited her to come along. Well, she said, "No, I'm not quite up to that today, but think about that uh she said, "I'm considered the baby of the bunch i'm only ninety two and my friends ninety six and one oh four are still getting around, functioning, physically functioning, brain functioning, cognitive skills, able to enjoy life. So just just think, it's not your age, this, your brain may be uh, the reason why you may have brain fog. It's most likely the lifestyle. So that's what we're talking about today. So let's understand how the brain works. First of all, the brain is a unique and fascinating organ, performs more distinct and simultaneous functions than anything else in the body, keeping our lungs breathing, our hearts beating, our intestines moving, our body temperatures regulated, our immune systems functioning, and more. And it does all of those things without us even paying attention. Wow, the brain. Then there are the parts we actually notice happening consciously moving our bodies and thinking, which are equally miraculous. Our brains are uniquely organized to manage all these tasks. As babies, they're like a giant pile of wires and transistors. At first, there are comparatively few connections between each of those parts, but the number of potential connections is astronomical. Then every time we learn something, our brains connect this wire to that wire, that wire to that transistor, and so on, forming a growing number of complex circuits that we call memories, habits, reflexes, thoughts, emotions, talents, and so on. The important part of this equation is not the number of parts called neurons and sometimes referred to as gray matter or the size of the brain, but rather the number of connections called synapses and dendrites, often referred to as white matter being made. When you think about what a brain looks like, you remember the, the picture of the brain? All those little twists and turns and tangles. When you think about what a brain looks like, the reason for all those wrinkles and folds is to maximize the number of potential connections. Albert Einstein had his brain examined after he passed away. What was found? Well, 
turns out that his brain was his brain actually weighed less than the average, but the number of connections was immense. So think about that. It's not the size of the brain that makes you smarter or have more cognitive skills and memory. So since that's the the subject of the hour, what causes our brains to stop working properly and what we can do to fix it, let's look at how it works. Well, the working brain. Obviously, the brain is a very specialized organ and the one that set us apart from all other animals. We have hinged joint galls so that babies' large heads can fit through the birth canal when we're born. Think about it. The brain uses 87% of an 8-pound baby's metabolism. Even as adults, it uses 25% of our metabolism, metabolism, which is pretty impressive considering it comprises just 1% to 2% of our body weight. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here about who does what in the brain. Partly, that's because it's mind-boggling, complicated, no pun intended. But second, it's because scientists barely know how it all ties together. But to give you a very crude crash course, there are three main parts to the brain. And then we're going to move on. So. Here we go. The brainstem, the cerebellum. The brainstem controls your basic brain function. The cerebellum mostly controls your physical movements, balance, and motor control. The cerebrum or cerebral cortex makes up about three-quarters of a human's brain. Um, And although it serves some of those automatic autotomic functions too, there is, this is where the bulk of cognitive activity takes place, the cerebrum, cerebral cerebral cortex, uh, including sensory perception, conscious thought, and memory retention. It has a number of different subsections, but perhaps the parts most critically associated with memory include the prefrontal cortex, behind right behind your forehead which stores short-term and long-term memories and the limbic system in the middle of the brain which plays a number of key roles in processing memories the hippocampus which converts short-term into long-term memories and the basal ganglia which has a section called the straight uh, stratum important in forming and retrieving procedural memories okay so those are some of the parts of the brain But let's get into some really juicy information here. Um, Unlike all other tissues in the body, our neutrons do not store any energy themselves. The complete running out of energy causes cells to die, which is why every other cell in the body has enough energy stored up that it can survive for hours outside the body if placed on ice. But the brain needs to be fed constantly by the blood vessels around it, and it needs a constant supply of oxygen or else the neurons will die. So... In fact, brains are so sensitive that even minor drops in blood sugar or oxygen, can, you remember what happens if someone says their blood sugar is low and they start to get foggy, they start to maybe feel very weak, 
and um, they said I have to get I have to eat something because I feel that my blood sugar is is uh, low. But the brain needs to be fed constantly by the blood vessels around it and needs a constant supply of oxygen or else the neurons re- will die. Again, in fact, brains are so sensitive that even minor drops in blood sugar or, or oxygen can significantly reduce the brain's functionality leading to symptoms, again, like fatigue and inability to concentrate and irritability, other mood changes. So more severe drops in blood sugar or oxygen lead to unconsciousness. Yes, the brain, if it does not get enough oxygen, you will, you know, faint, go unconscious. It's happened to me once before, um, and I've only fainted once in my lifetime, but... um, the brain apparently did not have enough oxygen, and uh, I was overheated and I fainted. The body can't survive without the brain, so if there's not enough energy to feed it, it shuts down all the systems it needs to in order to keep the brain running a little while longer. In addition to all of that, your brain needs access to the proper ingredients in order to perform all its myriad myriad. Uh, functions. Long-term memories are made with the production of new proteins, which requires minerals like calcium and magnesium, serotonin, dopamine, and glutamate are made from amino acids. But wait, there's more. Anything that your body is exposed to for a long period of time, any it will adapt to accommodate. If you stare at a bright light for 15 minutes and then look away, you'll have a hard time seeing for a little while, right? Yes. So now imagine staring at that bright light for 20 20 years. (laughs) How long do you think it will take you take before you can see properly? Days, months, years, never? Well, the same thing happens in our bodies when they're constantly exposed to certain stressors. They acclimate and or become damaged over time. So let's talk about the risk factors for for a minute here. Doctors and and scientists have spent a lot of time trying to figure out what causes Alzheimer's and dementia, just as they have trying to figure out what causes any number of other diseases. In theory, anywhere in life we can determine that A causes B, all we have to do to stop B from happening is to eliminate A. Generally, human beings aren't quadrat quadratic equations. We can't just solve for X. Everyone is different, and even if we feed two different people the same exact things or give them the exact same stressors, their bodies will respond differently. So the best we can do is make an educated uh, guess as to what can increase your risk. In general, the risk for dementia is age-related, not gender-related. However, women with two genetic copies of the E4 variation of the APOE gene, we'll talk about that a little later, have double the risk of men. wonder why. And there is some evidence that this happens more often to women depending on what you read. 90% of Alzheimer's occurs after 60 years old, but new cases are not common after 90. It is twice as common in African Americans as in Caucasian Americans. However, if we're trying to guess at what causes Alzheimer's, there are a number of things we can point to, particularly in the way of medical issues and lifestyle, environmental factors that can increase your risk 
And that's mainly what this is all about. So we're going to continue this subject, the ultimate lifestyle for a healthy brain. This was just the introduction. So next Saturday we will uh, discuss medical issues that can cause the, the brain to be damaged. We'll talk about uh, heart disease. We'll talk about hypertension and diabetes next Saturday and depression. Uh, we'll talk about lifestyle environmental factors and the diet, stress and sleep, smoking and exercise, and toxins and genetics next Saturday. So you don't want to miss that show as we continue part two of The Ultimate Lifestyle for a Healthy Brain. If you have enjoyed this show, if you have received some valuable information, as I certainly hope you have, that's why I I do these shows to educate my uh, listeners. And if you have some show uh, suggestions, I would love to hear from you, topics that you would like for me to discuss then you can email me. My email address is goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com, goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed this show, show follow me. Follow me on www.pradio.net. Um, and if you want to learn more, you can visit my website, www.partnersinhealth.biz. So until next Saturday, everyone, get out, get some fresh air and exercise. Get that 30 minutes of exercise, 30 to 60 minutes, at least four to six times a day. Until next Saturday, stay healthy and business savvy. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. Ta-ta for now. Have a blessed day, everyone.